Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's really designed to help you think about and take your business to the next level. What I try to do is take different themes and topics and bring on different guests, talk about issues that really influence, I think, your success in the remodeling business. This podcast series is produced by Surefire Local as well as supported by the National Association of the Remodeling Industry, NERI, as well as Professional Remodeler. Today, I want to talk about a topic that is pretty timely, I think, in the sense of kind of what I'm seeing and what's happening out in the environment today. For those that I think listen to my podcast series over the years, you know that I have a relatively positive kind of voice of reason in terms of what's happening out there. However, given the level of uncertainty that certainly we've experienced with this pandemic, I think it's created, I think, a very different kind of mindset out there in terms of how you need to look at your business. I encourage businesses to really focus on what you know, try to be proactive with what you know, and light a foot and reactive to things that you don't know. There's many things that you don't know that are really important that uh, you need to just be prepared for. So this whole notion of shorter-term victories, but not necessarily addressing and following some of the indicators and trends that oftentimes in other normalized times you can be able to follow. If you think about kind of the uh, the key factors, the indicators that I think are the sort of the stars and planets out there that I've certainly watched and certainly my friends at Harvard and, and, and others track, uh, historically they've been home appreciation, uh, unemployment, the stock market, housing, and interest rates. Those are five of the ones that generally lead to the consumer confidence. Now, you turn the clock back literally six months ago, home appreciation was strong, unemployment was very low, which was very positive. The stock market, needless to say, was doing very, very well. Housing demand was good. And then certainly interest rates were relatively low. So it was pretty much all thumbs up. So needless to say, we get into early March, and we kind of hit the wall with this virus and pandemic. And now all of a sudden, the stock market kind of goes crazy on us. Interest rates continue to be positive. So that's a that's a thumbs up. Uh, housing, for example, we don't really know exactly, but I think it's fairly reasonable to assume that it's going to be hit pretty hard by what we're experiencing. Unemployment certainly is awful at this point, And usually, a result of that might be a, a pretty good-sized slippage in home appreciation. So my point is, all these factors that literally six months ago, these are factors that we could kind of count on, are now very, very shaky and kind of turned upside down. I'm a big believer, going back to this theme, you know, focus on the things that you can control, focus on those shorter-term victories, meaning one, two, three-week victories, plow through and make sure you stay light of foot. So what are some of those shorter term victories that you can focus on? I think during this time, you can make sure, for example, those things you want to institute, change is a much easier thing to do in terms of adjusting with your team and who the players are and how you go about doing things today. There's a lot of anxiousness, but the reality is you can always say it's a product or a result of the, of, of the times. 
The second is I think you can really, really control and focus on your client base, your client base, your prospects. The more that I think you can be during all this a good memory and a friend of theirs as opposed to a peddler, I think you're going to be perceived much more positively. And as we inch our way and ease our way out of this, I think that's going to be positive. I would really encourage, whether it's because of the government stimulus or others, do try to focus on the cash because that cash is going to buy your business time, not so much in terms of having a big war chest, but be able to make better decisions as you're moving forward. If you've got clients that have a real sense of urgency to do projects, you want to move those twice as fast as opposed to thinking in terms of sort of a backlog and feeling comfortable because that can kind of turn upside down. So let's talk a little bit about some of the false positives I'm seeing and hearing out there. And there are really five that I want to touch on. One is lead flow. I think people are starting to see lead flow increase in many cases, after being kind of dead in the water, increase in many cases pretty substantially. And as a result of that, I think there's at least this false positive that, okay, our marketing efforts are all working, everything's going well, I can actually back off and not spend as much time and energy focused on the marketing. The reality is, if we get some news coming up 30 days from now, or all of a sudden there's another outbreak 90 days from now, you could find the leads, literally the phone kind of going silent or dead on you very quickly. So you want to make sure that you are kind of really, really focusing on the marketing efforts and not necessarily assuming because your marketing spend is down or because you're starting to see the phone ring that everything is great. The second one is I'm finding and hearing out there is that people are doing a lot of high fives when it comes to some of the digital marketers, or some of the open rates. Open rates as it results to your website or social media efforts, those kind of things. Needless to say, we're doing a lot of that today. However, be careful to assume that what you're doing is really good because your open rates or the amount of time that people are spending on what you've got is better. It may not be anything to do with it being better. It might be the environment. I mean, people are hunkered down. They're sequestered. They're spending a lot of time. So as a result, they're doing more research than ever. The amount of time that they're spending on their internet, communicating back and forth and all that is, in fact, in my belief, a big, big product of the times in the environment and the stay-home kind of nature of things and working remotely. It's not necessarily because companies are doing it much, much better. Some are doing it much better, but do not take the foot off the pedal when it comes to that. Another one I find that's kind of interesting is that uh, – some companies are experiencing better close rates, not necessarily more leads, but better close rates. So they're assuming when they see their close rate go up 5 or 10%, those that track it, they must be doing better in terms of the selling process. They must be better closers. Not necessarily the case. Sales rates going up, it might be that the buyer has a sense of urgency today that's much different. If you really think about it, in a pandemic, if people are really wanting to get remodeling going and wanting to have people in their house, there's a real seriousness about that buyer as opposed to in other times when people are 
overwhelmed and stressed out. They don't have time. They're just doing a little bit of tire kicking. So it may not be when it comes to the sales, your close rates going up that you're better. It may in fact just purely be because of the environment. And that may be, again, a false positive that you've got to be careful. So to counterbalance that, you should be investing more time, not less time in training in sales training, in sales role-playing, in sales kind of virtual ride-alongs, all those kind of things. It's more important to do more of that today, not less of that, because you want to make sure that those sales skills and your axe is as sharp as it can be, because that can change pretty dramatically, again, depending on what happens over the course of the next month, two months, three months. So that's another false positive. Another one out there I think that's interesting is this whole notion of virtual versus face-to-face interaction. Needless to say, if you just go on any webinar or any uh, uh, kind of forum or anything, everybody's talking about going virtually. Well, they're talking about going virtually because it is going to become the new normal. What I'm finding with many remodeling companies, however, they're listening to the clients saying, I want to meet with you. I want to have you come back in the home. I'm willing to do that. Now, is it because that's really what they prefer or that's what they know? Any client that's ever done business in terms of remodeling business with anybody before, they always have followed a fairly simple process, which is have a home appointment, a physical home appointment. A physical home appointment leads to obviously either a design or leads to a proposal, and that ultimately leads to the close. The client is ignorant about a virtual in-home experience. However, like so many things that have changed, I think, not only recently, but over the longer-term trends, virtual selling, virtual interaction when it comes to clients will, in fact, be something the clients in the future will finally get a chance to experience. And once they experience it, they're going to tend to want to gravitate towards it. And you may not even know it's happening because they're going to, you're going to end up lose, losing projects to those companies that are much, much more proficient at it. Now, I really believe that ultimately, if two, three percent of the of the sales are happening virtually now, you're gonna find in the future, a year from now, maybe two years from now, as much as fifty percent of it's gonna happen virtually. So it's just very critical at this stage to be investing the time and energy to get better at virtual interaction with a client. And you need to get better at it in terms of all the skills. What I've learned over the course of the last month or two is that it's a new sport. It's the difference between football and rugby. It's the difference between playing the clarinet or playing the saxophone. It's the difference in terms of a language difference and a dialect difference. And all those things require training. All those things require practice. Now, I'm not necessarily saying you have to take a seminar, but what I am saying is if you're not spending 30 minutes to an hour a day practicing your skills at least for 30 to 60 days, you're not going to be able to play these multi-sport of virtual versus face-to-face selling and interactive behaviors. So as a result of that, I just encourage you to be careful in terms of the false positive. Just because the clients are saying they're willing, that doesn't mean they know it's going to be a better experience. Number five on my list 
I'm hearing from a lot of people, oh, the bigger jobs are coming back. You know, clients are wanting to do the bigger kind of things. And that, too, I think is a little bit of a false positive because, again, going back to those key economic indicators, you know, when we've seen the crash of 2008, one of the fundamental things that happened was the average ticket went down. In design build firms, the average ticket went down 40 or 50 percent. In even specialty, the average ticket cranks down a bit. So you've got to be careful that you're, you're designing your business in such a way to be able to accommodate, not run away from, accommodate the smaller scale projects so that you can integrate that into your mix, you can build the client base, and you can kind of get through and have a more balanced portfolio. So again, I want to thank you for listening to this kind of podcast series here, and certainly I encourage anybody to subscribe to some of these lessons and spend some time, especially now that you're doing more things virtually, spend some time you know, just reflecting and thinking about these themes, and most importantly with the t- topic today, be very careful to put too much energy in terms of some of these trends that you're seeing out there because just tomorrow or next week or a month from now, it may turn upside down and be very different. Take care, everyone. So welcome back to Remodeling Mastery. I'm your host, Mark Richardson, and uh, today we have a very special guest, a guest that's been a regular on Remodeling Mastery. He's kind of our economist, insider, person that can kind of give you a little bit better understanding of the what's happening out there. Uh, his name is Kermit Baker. He is the chief economist for the American Institute of Architects, as well as heads up the Harvard Remodeling Futures Program. So welcome, Kermit, and how are you today? I'm doing well, Mark, and good to be with you again. Excellent, excellent. So, you know, in the first segment of our show today, we talked a lot about kind of the the, the times and, and the dynamic of so many things, positive and negative things that are kind of floating around out there that oftentimes are giving us kind of strange indicators. And I've at least kind of coined it as some of the false positives that are out there. But let's talk more in terms of kind of what you're seeing. Uh, You know, you're obviously having a perspective both from the remodelers kind of segment, but also the architects. What what are you seeing out there in terms of kind of what's happening with the pandemic and and, and the effects on certainly remodeling and the economy? You know, it's been an amazing uh, roller coaster ride, Mark, over the last what sort of two and a half months now i think uh and, and the initial you know late march early april just things just ground to a halt quickly and i think it was you know everyone households businesses were kind of you know taking stock of what was happening out there and trying to figure out what sort of economic environment they were working in um and and i think since then probably starting you know mid late april we've seen yeah, most markets claw back at a pretty steady pace, and um, you know, I think I think most folks have a sense that things are starting to open up a little bit, starting to get a little bit better, but but still, kind of as as you mentioned, a, a lot of you know, sort of you know, even day to day setbacks. You know, things look good, and the next day, a little wrinkle in that, and and some other problem that we're seeing. 
Um, and, and, and so I, th I think it's, you know, a overall a, a, a upward trend. We're seeing a recovery uh, coming out of the sort of the depths of what we were seeing in early to mid-April, uh, but still a lot of nervousness about, um, you know, how do we get to the other side of this and how long is it going to take and, and, and what's the world going to look like and what's the economy going to look like once we get to the other side of this. Now, Kermit, you obviously track, you know, key indicators and, you know, some of the key indicators haven't been thumbs up. In many ways, they've been thumbs down. But we're hearing reports from a, ro a lot of the remodeling community and certainly the consumers that, you know, to your point, things are kind of coming back to life. Here we are kind of moving out of the spring and into the summer. And, you know, there's a lot of activity and a lot of traction that's going on. Do you, are you surprised by that? Are there certain things that are just kind of either counterintuitive or counter to what you thought they would be? You know, I think the overall market is stronger than I would have expected it to be. Uh, you know, home improvement activity is, you know, by and large a discretionary activity. And, you know, if you're worried about the economy, if you're worried about your own personal finances, it's it's a, you know, strong incentive just to say, let's wait and see. There's nothing we really need to do. Um, and it hasn't really worked out that way. And I think I think part of the reason is for reasons we've talked about in on, on prior calls, Mark, is that, you know, everyone is spending a lot of time at home. And everyone is seeing sort of the 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 things they'd like improved around their home both both inside and outside and you know if your personal financial situation hasn't been affected dramatically um and now sort of two and a half months into it i think most people know you know is my is my job secure is my income secure is everything looking okay if that's the case i think a lot of them are saying hey you know this is a good time to uh, to undertake some of these projects, a good time to kind of, um, you know, chip away at that list of, of activities. H having said that, though, I think that there's a lot more, um, I, I, I guess, distinction between what kind of projects am I comfortable taking and undertaking, what kind of projects aren't I comfortable undertaking. I, you know, personally, I've done a whole lot of, uh, you know, lawn and garden work, uh, landscape work over the last two months, you know, things that were on the list. Um, why not get to them now? Don't feel at all uncomfortable about having a crew out working on my yard, putting down, uh, um, you know, sidewalks and doing landscaping and things like that. I'd be much less inclined to have a crew come in and remodel my kitchen in this environment too. So I think, you know, I, I think we are seeing some jobs that are really uh, you know, moving up, moving ahead even faster than we might have expected. And some, I think, that are they're going to really see a pretty dramatic slowdown. Ab absolutely, and you know, one one of the surprising things that I've been trying to reconcile and, and be interested with your comments is uh, the bath remodeling community. You, you'd kind of think that that's like the ultimate kind of in, invasive type of surgery that you're doing. However. You know, the phone in many markets is kind of ringing off the hook. And the only way I've been able to reconcile it is, you know, with this anxiety about, you know, germs and anxiety about the, uh, you know, kind of the, 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 the spaces that, that you're potentially most fearful of. That's the part that they want to, you know, renovate the most and quickest. Have you have any comments, thoughts on that? 
You know, that, that, that's an interesting observation. I'm not sure I've really thought about it that way, that, you know, kind of pick those areas that you feel most vulnerable in and go ahead with those. You know, I, I, I think the, you know, there's probably a lot of things going on there. In some instance, um, you know, again, sort of two and a half months into this, some projects were well underway before things hit. And, and I think uh, households in a lot of instances, you know, if the, if the state or local government will permit them to continue, are, are trying to get those projects finished up. I'm guessing there's other cases where people are, you know, may have a second home and, and may either be doing work on that second home while they continue to live in their primary residence or vice versa, maybe kind of moving out of town, move, move to uh, temporarily to my second home that might feel a little safer. And while I'm out of my home, have, you know, work under undertaken there. Um, so, you know, I'm guessing it's a combination of, of, of what you're saying is that this is a key area of vulnerability in, 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 in my home, or it could be kind of the circumstances permit that this is a convenient time to have this work done, and I'm just going to go ahead and do it um, while I'm kind of confined uh, to another location. Yeah, and I think, I think you make an excellent point, because if you do have that, you know, a little bit of that flexibility and most homes in the United States have multiple bathrooms. It's certainly not the only area, like a, as you were saying, a kitchen, which is kind of an inter integral part of your day-to-day. -day. Let, let's talk for a few minutes, Kermit, about silver linings. Uh, we've certainly heard that term a lot recently because I think everybody's trying to look at, you know, is can we look at the glass half full rather than, you know, very, very empty. What what do you think might be some of the silver linings uh, in, in terms of uh, either for the consumer or the certainly the home or even for the remodeling business moving forward? Well, one of them I think we've already mentioned, uh, uh, Mark, is that people are you know, in a situation where they're just spending an awful lot more time thinking about projects that need to be undertaken at their home. And so it's, it's you know, you, you know, before the pandemic hit, life is busy, you're running around doing lots of things, you don't really have a chance to focus on this. I think now households do have a chance to uh, to focus on this. Uh, that That's number one. Number two, it was um, you know, often when you, you know, did get around to making a decision, this is again pre-pandemic, um, you know, you'd call a contractor and they'd say, you know, happy to, happy to swing by and, and, and put together a proposal, but let me tell you that we've got five or six months of backlog, um, you know, project backlog here, so we're not going to be able to get to it for a while, uh, number one. And number two, we're seeing a lot of you know, concern about rising uh, materials costs, rising labor's costs. So, uh, you know, the, that that project may cost you a little bit more than you'd expected. I think we're seeing that flip over now. Um, you know, the uh, uh, labor availability has sort of resolved itself. Uh, we're not hearing as much about uh, hikes in material prices. So I think project costs are, are, are coming in a little bit better. It's uh, you know, interest rates uh, for for a home equity line of credit. If you have that, you're, you're paying uh, rock bottom. I mean, the the Fed has has sort of reduced short term rates down to zero, so you're paying your bank prime rate generally uh, three three and a quarter percent, something like that, to finance a home improvement project. So, you know, a lot of the supply uh, characteristics we talk about, labor, materials, financing costs, are 
you know, haven't looked better uh, in many, many years and are unlikely to be better than they are now uh, over the next three to five years, too. So just a you know, great opportunity to undertake some of these activities. So let's, let's whatever we can attempt to do, Kermit, kind of look at a little bit of the crystal ball, look a little bit more at the horizon here. I think, you know, people are scrappy and, you know, out there making it happen day to day, week to week. But, you know, what at least is, does your outlook look like, say, three months from now or six months from now or nine months from now? Yeah, I would say, Mark, over the last few weeks, it's it's the, the crystal ball has gotten a little bit cloudier. Um, I mean, I think, as I said, we, we, we felt pretty comfortable, um, you know, as of a few weeks ago as to, you know, that we had headed into a steep downturn, but we were we had bottomed out and we were kind of clawing our way back up. And um, that looked like that could be a steady a steady run. I, I, I think we're hearing a lot more uh, concerns now about, you know, as the economy opens up, are there going to be any speed bumps along the way? You know, are we likely to see another round of infections? And if 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 you do what I do, Mark, and kind of look at the state maps of of how things are looking, you know, the the, the states that were doing really well three or four weeks ago are now seeing the numbers push up, and the and the states that were doing really poorly three or four weeks ago looks like they may have peaked and are, and, are, and are heading back down again. So I think we don't quite know how these cycles are going to, to play out and, and how long it's going to take to sort of, you know, get a lot of these areas uh, over the hump and, and, and back to life as normal. Uh, that, that, I think, in the context of, you know, the strategy in dealing with this was pretty much a short-term strategy. Um, you know, the, the extended unemployment benefits, uh, you know, under the stimulus program a- added on and increased the amount that they were offering unemployed workers. A great, great short-term strategy. Those, those run out at some point, um, you know, not too many months in, into the future. Same with the, um, uh, payroll protection program. You know, it was a great way to, for employers to keep their, you know, employees on their payroll, but but again, a, a short-term solution. Uh, you know, basically just a couple months, maybe extended. But you know, we're talking about uh, a limited number of months. And if this goes on into the fall, and we're still not fully recovered, or or into the winter, I think we're going to have a you know a, a a tougher situation to deal with here. I think that uh, um, you, you know, once we we hit a situation where you know, workers and businesses are not as protected as they have been uh, initially, at least. That that could be a serious problem. Excellent. Well, listen, Kermit, this has been fantastic. As much as uh, I think uh, we all would like, uh, you know, kind of uh, a, a lot of clarity, I think sometimes just knowing it's a foggy day or there's a lot of uh, question marks out there is just as important as, uh, you know, having false hope with you know, something that you may have seen that's been positive that may, in fact, in a day or a week or a month turn into not positive. So, uh, again, I want to thank you for joining me on Remodeling Mastery today, and uh, we look forward to uh, having you on again. Thanks, Mark. Good to be with you. Take care. Thank you for listening to Remodeling Mastery by Mark G. Richardson, produced by Sharefire Local. You can subscribe to this podcast on any mobile phone 
using iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. 